Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, everyone. This is Philip Katafamo with Believe in Angels on the Believe Podcast Network, Los Angeles' number one sports podcast network, the only place with a show for every team in LA and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? We're back. Uh, we were, well, I shouldn't say we were off. We actually recorded an episode last week. I am, of course, Philip Katafamo. I am joined, as always, by my co host, Jim Eisenacher. Jim, hello. Hello, Phil. It's wonderful to be back with you here on the Believe Podcast Network. Uh, we had some stuff happen. We finally had some like actual live sports stuff. We did, and we're going to talk about that. We predicted our our top 10 uh, for the NFL, or the NFL draft, I should say, who is going to go where in the top 10 picks. I'm going to be completely honest. I did not go back and listen to the episode and put together a comprehensive, uh, you know, oh, who was right and who was wrong. I'm just going to assume that, you know what, Jim, we were both right and wrong in our own rights, and maybe next week I will actually do that, and we'll go back, and it'll be a fun little thing for the end of the episode. But uh, it was really great to get the NFL draft back. Jim, I know you're a big Broncos guy you and I were watching the draft together through zoom because we both live in two different states or through discord I should say uh what did you think of the Broncos draft uh I am very ecstatic I mean Jerry Judy falling to the 15th was I, I, like you said we were on discord and I was making some unfriendly radio noise <laughs> so um we won't get into that but was excited. Uh, I was I was very happy Yes, uh, as you should be. Landing Jerry Judy is going to allow uh, Drew Locke just more weapons offensively, along with uh, Cortland Sutton and uh, Noah Fant, who who I think is really going to be one of the breakout players this season. Uh, I, I agree wholeheartedly. I think they have allowed, they have given Drew Locke an opportunity to succeed, as opposed to just being like, well... You know, he, he was okay. He played pretty well last season, but maybe we're kind of looking at other options. I know they brought in Joe Flacco last year as sort of a mentor uh, experiment kind of thing. It didn't really work out. Um, not actually entirely. Who is the backup for the Broncos right now, Jim? I don't care because I am 100% on Drew Locke. I am so tired of hearing about quarterbacks in Denver not named Drew Locke because that's all I keep hearing about. I, I read an article today that said the Broncos were one of the best fits for Andy Dalton. Yeah, I am so sick of the national narrative that Denver has no quarterback. I just I don't want to talk about any other quarterbacks that aren't named Drew Locke. Okay, well then we won't. Um, but uh, either way, Drew Locke has been given some pretty big weapons. I think the Denver offense is is once again in scary territory if it all works out for them. I'm a 49ers fan. Uh, I was extremely, extremely satisfied with what uh, Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch did in the draft this this uh, this past week, uh, adding Javin Kinlaw to essentially replace DeForest Buckner, who they traded to Indianapolis. While on paper, in my opinion, drafting another defensive uh, end and tackle uh, is just kind of like you know, it was sort of a, a mix, mixed mixed thoughts for me because I really, really wanted a receiver. But, uh, you know, I, I know that Javin Kinlaw is a phenomenal defensive tackle. He'll fit in perfectly with this team. He replaces the more expensive DeForest Buckner, which I very much like. Uh, San Francisco is able to add a couple receivers late. Uh, Brandon Ayuk, who I know I'm pronouncing that wrong, but he is from ASU, and I know that he is another guy just yards after catch. They, they called him the yards after catch king because the guy, once he's got the ball in his hands, he flies. I don't know too much about Juwan 
Juwan Jennings, but what I have heard I'm, I'm pretty excited about. I love the addition of Charlie Warner, who is one of the better blocking tight ends out of Georgia. Uh, he's going to allow Ka- uh, George Kittle to get reincorporated into the offense as a receiver as opposed, or I should say as a tight end, but a, a, more in, in the sense of they're going to pass him the ball more as opposed to using him in the blocking uh, schemes that they have in the past. So hopefully Charlie Warner can stay on the roster and allow George Kittle to break out a little bit more and be utilized more as a receiving tight end as opposed to a blocking tight end. I know he's one of the best blocking tight ends in the NFL, but he's also one of the best receiving tight ends, and to use him on 4th and and 10 as a blocker when you need a first down is just not really utilizing the offense as much. But uh, it's very, very satisfied. Of course, the addition of Trent Williams to replace Joe Staley. I hate seeing Joe Staley go, but uh, it it is what it is. Uh, Very, very satisfied so far uh, with the San Francisco 49ers, my favorite team. And I know, Jim, you're excited about the Broncos. We just talked about that. So... What about the draft in general? Uh, Jim, do you have any winners or losers uh, from this this past NFL draft? Yeah, my number one winner is Roger Goodell. Okay, I'll agree with that. Why yeah, is that? I, I mean, if, if, if anybody who watched him, it's the first time we've actually seen him buttoned down and actually looking like a human being for once. <laughs> and, you know, it was fun watching him painfully interact with the weird TV, the Zoom thing he had going on behind him with the fans. But yes, um, out of you know a lot of the, the commissioners in sports, he gets so much unwarranted hate for being the face of the owners. Some of it is warranted, I will say that. But I, I, I like Roger Goodell. I think he was the biggest winner coming out of this entire draft. I mean, that, that old beat-up leather chair that he was sitting in, the M&M's he was eating, I mean, it, it was really good. But also... Uh, if we're going for a team that was a winner, man, nice. I love what your 49ers did, man. That uh, You are going to love Brandon Ayuk. That guy is a machine. Like you said, yards after catch, monster. Uh, the 49er fans are going to be very, very happy with that. Yeah, I I know for I'm I'm also extremely happy about that and I'll agree. It was nice to see Roger Goodell in a more relaxed setting. Uh his his very wood-centered office. A lot of wood in Roger Goodell's office. I feel like if you lit a match in there the whole place would go up in smoke, but uh he looked relaxed. He didn't get booed the entire time, which was nice to hear. I know a lot of people don't really like Roger Goodell and I understand, but uh for the most part, he takes it, you know, just like David Stern did. He took it kind of to heart as opposed to, you know, taking it personally. He knows that it's just part of the the sort of, you know, oh, I'm the boss of the NFL sort of thing. And and uh, I'm really glad that Roger Goodell has embraced that. For me, one of yeah, the big... Yeah, they even rolled with it. They even rolled with it on the NFL Network, piping in some booze from fans. Yeah. That was really cool to see. Yeah, and, and it's, that's the thing. is just like he doesn't, you know, he, he cares, obviously, but he just, he doesn't care. It's, it's okay if you boo him. He understands that that's what's just going to happen. But I honestly think that Roger Goodell does a pretty solid job as the commissioner. And I'm going to say that now because I'm pretty sure later I'll uh, I'll complain about it. My winner is uh, the Arizona Cardinals. I think the Arizona Cardinals addressed a lot of needs defensively. I think the addition of Isaiah Simmons is going to be uh, a, a super underrated move for them. The, he fell perfectly to them at at, uh, at number eight, I believe. I wanted the Cardinals to take a offensive lineman. They ended up taking an offensive lineman with the next pick in Josh Jones, which, again, I've heard is a solid pick, and I've seen that he should step in, not not as a starter, but maybe at the at the very least a, 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 star, a, a reserve and then coming in as a starter later on. My focal point for the Cardinals was getting Kyler Murray some protection, 
But I really like that Arizona focused more on the defensive end. They added DeAndre Hopkins this season. They were able to move away from David Johnson, which I think is is a phenomenal move. Adding Isaiah Simmons, whether he plays linebacker or safety, gives you a playmaker defensively and somebody to build around along with Chandler Jones. Uh, And Eno Benjamin, it's really cool to see a guy who played at ASU, make his way to play on, quote-unquote, the home state team. Uh, I know that Nino Benjamin has got a lot of upside. They need another running back, of course, losing David Johnson to the uh, Houston Texans in the DeAndre Hopkins trade. Uh, This is just great moves all around for Arizona. Of course, as a 49ers fan, I hate to admit that I like the moves that they made, but uh, I have to say the the more lesser Arizona Cardinals team made some phenomenal moves this offseason, and I am extremely worried of how good they're going to be in the next three years. Yeah, you know, you mentioned the name there with Eno Benjamin, and I actually have him as one of my bigger losers uh, in the draft because he 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 had a, a phenomenal career at Arizona State. Yeah, he should have stayed another year. He's a fantastic talent, and the lack of you know game tape. This is one of the guys where this is where the online virtual draft impacted him because if we have a regular draft there is no way he slips through to the seventh round right they had to go off the game tape and you know he, he whereas he did have a great career and he was there with herm edwards and you know real pro staff down there mm-hmm. there's just he needed more i think he he's a player that should have stayed and another loser for me if we want to just jump into the losers yeah step, yeah go ahead um is my man crush of jake Fromm because if you talk about a guy who need who he didn't need another year, but in terms of his draft stock this year was yeah. not the right year to come out. Yeah. Uh, I I I don't like how far he fell. Uh, him and um, uh, Easton falling. Uh, only one quarterback taken on day two is insane. Yeah, with Jalen Hurts going to Philly, but I, I like Jake Fromm, and honestly. I, I am probably higher on him than a lot of people, but I could see him. This is my hot take. I could see him taking that starting job in in about a year or two. Uh, with um with Fromm in in Buffalo. Yeah, I, I yeah. could see him taking that starting job because he he's just a complete back or a complete quarterback. The only thing he really lacks is arm strength. I mean, we saw him twice almost single handedly beat Alabama when they were at their at their highest. So. Right. Um, I, I, I like, uh, uh, Brian Dowell down there, um, with, uh, who was with, who did I just say? Alabama. Yeah. And he even said that he liked, uh, from, so he's already got familiarity going into the, going into the program with him. And I, I really do think that, uh, Josh Allen's going to end up being unseated by Jake Fromm in about a year or two. Yeah, I can see that as well. I know that there's a lot of questionable confidence in Josh Allen going forward in Buffalo, and I, I like Jake Fromm as well. Funny story, my uncle actually knows the Fromm family, so he's known Jake since he was a very little kid. Um, but uh, And it's nice to see Jake Fromm get drafted to uh, to the Bills, but yeah, I'll agree. I know that you were really high on Fromm going possibly to the Colts or, or a team like the Steelers where he could really get an opportunity to start later on, but uh, this is not a bad opportunity for him to play behind Josh Allen and possibly take his starting role uh, in the future, which uh, apparently seems to be uh, a very strong possibility with how good of a quarterback Jake Fromm is. One of my losers is uh, the Green Bay Packers, or at least Packer fans. Drafting Jordan Love, trading up for Jordan Love, in my opinion, was a move that was unnecessary. 
salary. I understand that Aaron Rodgers is 36. I know that he's getting to the point where he's either going to want to maybe do the Tom Brady route and go somewhere else or maybe just retire when his contract is up. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is probably a guaranteed first ballot Hall of Famer. And Packers fans really needed... uh, a, some more defensive help, and B, some more receiving help for Aaron Rodgers. Uh, uh, Devontae Adams, a phenomenal receiver, struggled with injuries. They had to rely a lot on those late-round receivers that they found, and while they did provide some value to the team going forward, they really could have benefited from a, a much better receiver or a much better receiving option. Uh, I like Jordan Love. I wish him nothing but the best. I hope he works out in Green Bay. I think he's a great quarterback. I think he would have fit better in New Orleans playing behind Drew Brees for a couple seasons, or at the very least going to Tampa Bay and playing behind Tom Brady. Uh, I didn't think he was going to be a first-round pick. I think if he was, he was going to go very, very, very late. Uh, And I did not expect the Packers to trade up for him. So I feel bad for Packers fans because it seems like the front office never wants to give Aaron Rodgers an opportunity to win. Uh, The one time they had a super complete team was in 2011, and they beat the Steelers in the Super Bowl, in my opinion. They were out of touch against the 49ers in the NFC playoffs, uh, and it seemed like they were just three or four steps behind everybody else. San San Francisco destroyed Green Bay twice uh, in the regular season and in the NFC Championship to go to the Super Bowl. I had never been more confident in a 49ers game than when San Francisco played up against Green Bay because I knew Aaron Rodgers had zero help. Uh, and, and taking Jordan Love, in my opinion, was just a very, very stupid move. Another loser for me is ESPN. Uh, I've always looked up to ESPN. I love ESPN. It's It has always been a career goal for me, and in some ways it still is. But they are getting very, very bottom of the barrel with their content. To post on your draft profiles the horrible things that have happened in the lives of the players that really has no context to their playing on the field is to me a very strange and un- and very confusing decision to include some of this very personal information about these players. I can understand if you include some information like with James Conner, how he beat cancer. That's great. I, I love seeing that stuff. Or a guy who maybe struggled with stuff in the beginning of his life and then now has gotten a lot better. Uh, Okay, that's perfectly fine. Some optimistic stuff. I don't want to hear about somebody's brother dying in a plane crash or somebody's mom having a heroin addiction. or And those, of course, aren't specific examples, but they are somewhat of the examples that ESPN gave. I don't know if it speaks more to the, the poor preparation on the side of the mothership or whatever it is, but it just feels like ESPN is the bottom of the barrel in terms of sports reporting right now. And honestly, their coverage of the draft proved it for me. They've got a lot of great talent there. They've always had great reporters, but it just seems like their management or whoever runs the organization there is extremely out of touch with what other organizations are doing. On Snapchat, they have a spot they have a a sports center recap that is horrible. It is not funny. It is extremely rude. It's it's got horrible personalities on it. Barstool Sports does it a million times better. Uh, ESPN is just what trend can we jump on and how much can we run it into the ground? I mean, we've seen it with how much they talked about LeBron James throughout his career. They talk about one subject and they drag it on for three days. ESPN, to me, is the bottom of the barrel regarding sports coverage. I'm confident in saying that. I don't care if I ever work for ESPN at this point because I would not want to be associated with an organization like that that posts a video of a guy having a panic attack on an airplane and thought it was hilarious. That, to me... 
just bottom of the barrel for ESPN. I don't know who is running that organization, but they need to be fired. Yeah, you know, I, I just I, I was going to bring that up too because that that was just uh, it was someone from Mississippi State. I, yeah. I don't remember the, the, the player in question, but yeah, they're sitting there making fun of him, crying, and you can see in the video everybody has their cameras out and they're filming him, and you yes. know that's fine for them as teammates, right? But to take that and blast it out on national media, trying to make a joke out of it. I mean, some people aren't privileged enough to have ever ridden on planes before. That is right. terrifying. Exactly. I, I mean, just a couple of years ago when I flew to New York for, you know, the, the IBS awards with uh, for the college radio station we used to work at, yeah. I was terrified too. I do not like planes. I am I am not a, I'm not supposed to fly. <laughs> I'm too big. I'm supposed to be on the ground. But, I mean, that, that, it, it was just, it, it, honestly, the one word is disgusting. And I have worked for ESPN. Granted, it was an affiliate. But, I mean, it, it, it was a lot of the same stuff. And just the content they're putting out there is, and like you said, it's garbage. Right. And it's, it, it's insane to think that this is a Disney-owned property at this point. And, and an organization that was the top of the class when it, rega- when it referred to sporting news. You would go directly to ESPN for the longest time for any sports-related news. And now, in all honesty, they're one of the last options I go to. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I deleted the app a long time ago because a lot of the stuff was popping up. I was like, okay, I, cool, the Detroit Tigers won. That's that's awesome. I uh, have nothing set on there to tell me about the Detroit Tigers. So why are you telling me that? It's a lot of their it, because the, the worst thing that could have ever happened, and this is the end of my rant because we got other stuff. To talk yes, we about, do. Yes, is uh, in terms of ESPN, the worst thing that ever happened was uh, first take blowing up because that popularized the the fake argument genre that that we see everywhere on television right now. Yeah. Because I, I remember back when it first started, there was just a segment of part of cold pizza, and you know Woody Page was on there, and Skip Bayless hadn't gone absolutely crazy yet, and it, it, it was it was a good show, it was a good little segment, and then it turned into its own show, and then you had Skip Bayless and Screaming A. Smith on there just yelling at each other, and it, 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 it turned into bad, and then you. It's, it got to the point where it was hard to watch the shows I even liked, right. like Around the Horn and First Take, because those are two fantastic shows. Or not First Take, I'm sorry. Pardon the interruption. Two yes. fantastic shows. I knew the network was doomed when they lost Jim Rome. Yeah. Um, I'm going to let you have the last word on that, because uh, we're going to move on to something else, because I could talk an entire show about how much I can't stand ESPN and how much of a train wreck they are now. But uh, the MLB season is trying its very best to get started, and we appreciate the efforts uh, put in to get this season going, uh, or at least I do. Um, and we, uh, we we have a proposal that has been placed in front of us. And, of course, this is not technically in front of us. This is uh, for, the, for the appropriate people to make the decision on. But uh, what we're looking at right now is a season that could possibly start – in uh, in June, we could start seeing games being played in June at home stadiums with a realigned league. Now, uh, I think this is a great decision. Uh, right now, I know that sports are not necessarily the number one priority for a lot of Americans and people overseas uh, right now. I know that COVID-19 is a very, very scary thing. Uh, I know that... Um, you know, we've suffered a lot of loss because of this virus, and we really need 
right now for everybody to take as many precautions as they can and even more precautions than that to continue to slow the spread of the virus. But uh, I got to be honest, I'm going to be a little selfish and I'm going to sound like a tool, but look, I want sports back. I I want baseball back. I don't care if it's played in front of fans or if it's played in front of, uh, of, of three geese and a duck. I don't care. I just want sports back. And right now, this is what we're looking at. The This is a report from the USA Today. came out about two days ago. And we'll break down the, the league realignment here in a second. But it says, Major League Baseball officials have become cautiously optimistic this week, that is, of course, this week, the uh, that the season will start in late June, no later than July 2nd, playing at least 100 regular season games, according to three executives with knowledge of the talks. They requested, uh, uh, okay, they, whatever, we don't need to care about that. Uh, the MLB is currently considering uh, they would not play uh, let me start over excuse me uh, so continuing this article and not only uh, baseball be played but it would be played at their own major league ballparks uh, without fans of course MLB is considering a three division 10 team plan in which teams play only within their division a concept gaining support among owners and executives this is phenomenal to start baseball and Jim what are your thoughts on this going forward you know, I, I'm I'm in the same boat as you, but first off, I want to say I thought you were a tool long before all this happened. Thank you. So don't don't feel bad. I don't. But, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I mean I, I I also want I also want sports back, but first and foremost, I don't want sports back at the cost of the athletes because yes. you know we still got people like I mean just a couple weeks ago, Von Miller tested positive. Um, so if they take all the precautions, I mean, I'm not a scientist. I don't play one on TV. I'm not going to pretend I know what mm-hmm. I'm talking about. If they can ensure the safety and well-being of everyone that goes involved of these games being played and, and getting broadcasted, I am gun-ho 100% for it. Right. Um, and we're, all, we're already seeing, I mean, I know Major League Baseball is optimistic, but all the eyes right now in the sporting world yes. is is geared on Korea with, uh, I know we just talked about ESPN. They're um, going to, they're nearing an agreement right now to, to broadcast Korean baseball games uh, with them getting ready to start up in Korea. They, you know, it's really the first real guinea pig. We're going to see uh, what's going to happen. I mean, there's going to be several health regulations in place for players, uh, game day personnel, and there's going to be no spitting allowed. There's going to be no. So Korea's taking all the precautions, and uh, I, I, if that goes well, you know you you're going to see the the, the major league sports in the Americas really kind of you know copycat that and go over. So um, I I for one am rooting for Korea to to <laughs> really uh, get that template out there. Yeah, I really hope so, too. I've seen a lot of highlights of the Korean Baseball League pop up on Twitter. It looks like a lot of fun. Uh, I I hope that if, at the very least, if we don't get Major League Baseball, hopefully the Korean Baseball season doesn't halt or stop at all, because I'd love to get invested in something like that. I, I don't know. I'm not a, a huge fan of a lot of the sports overseas. I'm not a big soccer guy. I'm not really a huge, uh, I guess soccer is really the big one, but uh, I don't really pay attention to a lot of stuff like that, and I'd love to start kind of chiming in and taking a look at some of the Korean Baseball League as many of those players do make their way to the major leagues and that's kind of when I start to to pay attention to them but uh yeah I agree if this can be the template to start the MLB season 
that's phenomenal because then we can finally get baseball. So let's break down the divisions here. It's three divisions with multiple teams in them. First off, we have the East Division that includes the Yankees, the Mets, the Red Sox, the Nationals, the Orioles, the Phillies, the Pirates, the Blue Jays, the Rays, and the Marlins. We have the Central that includes the Cubs, the White Sox, which is nice, the Brewers, the Cardinals, the Royals, Reds, Indians, Twins, Braves, and Tigers. And finally, the most interesting division, in my opinion, we have the West. That includes the Dodgers, the Angels, the Giants, the Padres, the Athletics, the D-backs, the Rockies, the Rangers, the Mariners, oh, and the Houston Asterix. Of course, now this pairs up beautifully with everybody getting an opportunity to bully the Houston Astros, which to me is, is getting me very excited because... I don't like the Astros because they're cheaters, uh, and I'd love to see the Angels or Dodgers uh, absolutely beat the crap out of the Astros because they fully deserve it. That's mainly one of the reasons why I really do want this season to come back is because the Astros deserve punishment, and I hope that they get it. Um, this, to me, is is great. I know that we had we did not discuss last episode. That was my fault. I went on this long tangent and forgot to come back, which happens constantly if you are listening to this show regularly, um, but... Uh, uh, I I know that they talked about maybe splitting them up with the spring training uh, leagues. They have a cactus league, and then they'd have a a uh, grapefruit league, which was the first proposal to start to get baseball going with a few of the teams scattered in and there. With so two leagues and three divisions each. Uh, but I actually really like this. This gives the Dodgers an opportunity to see teams that they usually don't see. It gives the Angels an opportunity to see teams they usually don't see. Uh, gives I mean ever really everybody the Yankees would play the Marlins which they don't which does not happen all the time the Orioles would get a chance to play the Phillies we get to see the Cubs and White Sox rivalry continue the Indians would get a chance to play I don't know like the Braves this is really interesting because a lot of these divisions in my opinion have a lot of teams have a lot of really good teams in them that could fight for a potential playoff spot yeah, here's my question is, have they put any thought into what rules are going to be played with this when you're mixing the National League and American League yeah. teams all into the same division? Are we going to have the DH? Are we not? Because we already know that eventually, I mean, it's going to happen as soon as probably next year that the National League is going to adopt the DH. Right. Because uh, it, there's just too much money in it. The players want it. Fans want to see it. Right. Um, so I think this would be the best time just to go ahead and say, you know what, everybody gets a DH. Mm-hmm. And I think if we see that succeed, we will absolutely see it carry over into the next season. Yeah, I agree 100%. If there's any season to incorporate the DL or excuse me, the DH on both sides, it would be this particular incident. I mean, we're such in a in a cluster f of uh, of of MLB questioning if we're going to get the season going or or whatnot. But if you are going to me- mesh the AL and the NL teams in the same co- divisions, essentially, you might as well incorporate the DH on both sides, or at the very least, maybe when the Angels play against the Padres and they're in quote unquote San Diego, they'll play the NL like they would usually. Uh, but if you're going to see these teams constantly, I mean, and from Jim, what you said, it seems to me, it seems to be that the DH is going to be incorporated league wide. Why not just go for it now? I, I mean, I didn't see anything in the article that I saw from USA Today that I just read out a few minutes ago, but why not just do it now? Yeah, another thing is when you when you further dig into this, and this is what makes it so intriguing with this three division 
you know, mammoth thing going on, with, uh, what's it called? Temporary realignment. Yeah. Um, would we have three MVPs, one for each league? Would we know. have one uh, main? Uh, would we have three Cy Youngs? How would the divisions work for, for people getting or for teams that win their their division? You know, would it be just the Western Conference champions or whatever you want to call it? Yeah. It's, it's really intriguing because, you know, this is going to be a one-year thing. Yeah, I hope it's just a one-year thing. I, I find it really hard to think that baseball would go to something like this on a full-time basis. I right. think it would be really hard to maintain, personally. Um, but, yeah, you know, the award season, it just it, it's, it's really – I don't want to say refreshing because I like how baseball is. I like the tradition in it, but it is pretty neat to see something new. But I, I, I don't know how it would feel if they had three different MVPs. Yeah, it would be really weird because um, technically those three divisions are, are, I mean, like you said, Jim, they're they're essentially like three different leagues. They're the AL and the NL, but they're broken up in East, West, and I think it was uh, – uh, East, West, I, I deleted the, of course I got rid Central. of this. Central, thank you very much, Jim. Uh, I accidentally clicked out of the article. But anyway, um, it would be weird to have three MVPs as opposed to maybe just doing one overall. Or maybe even uh, you could still possibly just look at the best player in the NL, look at the best player at the AL for their respective, you know, the the past uh, of the NL AL. So if you have like a Mike Trout in the West Division, uh, but you have uh, also Cody Bellinger in the West Division as well. But they're both, you know, quote unquote, the representatives of the AL and NL. They just happen to be playing together more. Uh, you could still potentially do NL MVP, AL MVP, and and still kind of keep that the same. But I think having three MVPs was would be a little weird. Uh, I don't know what they're going to do with that. Um, there wasn't much uh, regarding that in the article. But uh, something cool that did happen is CeCe Sabathia said that Shohei Otani is one of the best baseball players he's ever seen, which is a really cool sentiment. Yeah, you know, he was – he was. is CeCe Sabathia a Hall of Famer? That's not yeah, for maybe. me to decide. I Personally, for me, I think he is. Uh, some people I – some people I know say he's not, but either way, when you've got a guy who was in the league for 19 years who pitched at the highest level, who has a World Series ring, come out and say you are the best baseball player. His direct quote is, he's talking about Shohei Otani, yes. quote, he's the best baseball player I've ever seen in my life. That is some mighty high praise. Yeah, that's extremely high praise for, I mean, in all honesty, really anybody to say about any kind of player uh, especially considering that Mike Trout plays alongside Shohei Otani, and CeCe Sabathia has probably pitched more against Mike Trout than he has Shohei Otani. But I'll agree with Mike C- Trout, Albert Pujols. Yeah, uh, played against uh, Derek Jeter. Know, he played right against there. Barry you Bonds. Think, oh, those guys, yeah, they're they're all right. Shohei yeah. Otani, though, best thing I've ever seen in my life. But I'm going to paraphrase his quote because he essentially said that uh, the cool thing about Otani is he can hit a home run about 900 feet and he can throw a 90-mile-an-hour fastball. Uh, That's paraphrasing what he said, but uh, I'll agree that Otani is for sure one of the best two-way players we've ever had in the MLB, and I look forward to seeing where his career goes from here. Hopefully he can stay healthy for the Angels this season. I know they are going to very, very much need it. Jim, we are out of time. Yeah, I just want to add that Shohei Otani is my spirit animal. 
I can uh, I will agree with that on zero evidence. Uh, so if you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're available on your favorite directories, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can find us at Believe.com. That's B-L-E-A-V.com and at Believe Podcast. Again, we have separate categories for our podcast. We have sports ones on Instagram. We have the main one on Instagram. So go check those all out. We've got a bunch of shows that cover multiple topics. We do have a 49ers show. We do have a show uh, that Rick Barry hosts. Uh, I think it's... I don't think it's believe in in the Warriors, but uh, uh, it's really cool because Rick Barry is a former NBA champion and former NBA All-Star, and I believe he's in the Hall of Fame. I mentioned last week that we just introduced a Padres show that is hosted by Heath Bell. Obviously, continue to listen to this show. Funny enough, Jim, I'll, I'll, I'll leave you with this before we officially sign off. I looked at our statistics. Can you name the city that listens to the show the most? Mm, the city that listens to our show the most. Yeah. I'm going to go Moscow. Wrong. It is Houston, Texas. <laughs> Man, you know what? Some people just like abuse, I guess. I don't know. I guess so. Uh, if you're interested in advertising, again, BLEAV.com. My social media, at intern underscore Phil. I'm going to continue to say this until it actually happens. If I don't know you or we don't previously have any interaction on Twitter, and you tweet me a question regarding the Angels that you want me to answer on the show or Jim to answer on the show, tweet at me, at intern underscore Phil. The first person that does that, again, I cannot know you previously, and we cannot have any interaction on Twitter beforehand. I will send you something Angels-related. Again, don't expect something super expensive, but expect something that has a lot of thought in it and something really, really cool. Uh, And and that's going to keep going until somebody actually does it. So, uh, Jim, what is your social media? I am on all platforms at Sir James Radio. Come by and uh, send me and Phil a tweet about how much better Haley Williams is than John Candy. Uh, You can look at our Twitters regarding that particular argument. And with that, I'm going to say thank you very much for listening. We will be back next week, hopefully with more updates on the MLB season. Again, everybody, with COVID going around, please take the proper precautions. Wear a mask. Wash your hands frequently. Try to stay away from people. I know that we're going to start lifting restrictions here, but I really don't want to go back to restrictions in two weeks. So please. For the sake of everybody and the people who are very susceptible to dying from COVID-19, the people who don't want COVID-19, and the people who definitely don't want COVID-19 from you, please take the proper precautions. We're getting also in some areas, the temperatures are getting hotter. So make sure that you, you drink enough water and wear the proper clothing. I know here in Arizona, it's starting to get hot. So with that, on behalf of Jim and myself, goodbye. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.